even know what a free birth was until you had talked about it in one of your posts. I'm like, a free birth? What's that? And so I read, I'm like, oh, I had a free birth. Oh my goodness, you know. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Is it too much to ask for a change of expectations when you're pregnant with your seventh baby? I mean, is that even possible to shift the paradigm and take birth on from a new perspective? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 174 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this week we're speaking with Becky Zale of Approaching Home. Becky is a converted home birther. It's something she said she would never do. But things have a way of changing, and not only did she experience her first home birth with her seventh baby, but she also experienced her first free birth. It is now the highlight of her life. She is a stay-at-home, homeschooling mom of seven children, five boys, and two girls. And before we jump into this powerful story, I want to take a moment to thank this week's reviewer of the week, Von Turtle, who says, A refreshing perspective. I found this podcast during my third and current pregnancy. Listening to these beautiful stories has made me feel such a sisterhood with each guest. I love Caitlin's takeaways at the end of each episode. She is so good at reminding us mothers that we are powerful and capable. Wow, Von Turtle, thank you so much for this lovely review. If you will email me at Caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I would love to send you a Happy Home Birth podcast sticker. And speaking of sisterhood, support, and reminding you of just how powerful and capable you are, that's exactly what I love to do when I work with my clients and students. If you love this podcast because it helps you prepare for your labor and birth, I want you to imagine taking this podcast and then putting all of the emphasis, love, support, and focus of it all onto you. That is my goal and desire. Through Happy Home Birth Academy, I want you to soak up all of the head knowledge you need, yes, but even more so the heart knowledge. I will bring you the perfect balance as we go through every aspect of preparation that needs tending as you're readying yourself for the greatest transformation of your life. Whether it's your first birth or your seventh like Becky's, I want you feeling, as Von Turtle put it, powerful and capable. Let's prepare together, shall we? Head to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash HHA to join me today. Okay, let's dive into this beautiful story that awaits us. Becky, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. You're welcome. I'm so excited to be here. I am so thrilled to have you. Would you mind just taking a moment to introduce yourself to the listeners? Sure. So my name is Becky and I am a stay-at-home homeschooling mom of seven. And we just had our seventh, of, she's just almost six months. So. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, it's so nice to have just a squishy little baby around. It is. It's the best. <laughs> How has that, I'm curious to know with your uh, homeschooling experience, do you have any quick little tips or tricks for listeners who are doing the same, who are in that homeschooling phase and taking care of a babe at the same time? 
Um, yeah, it's a lot. And I would say the best advice is to let go of expectations and let go of a schedule. And this year has just been one of those years where we kind of homeschooled whenever we could. So for me, that looks like maybe I'm doing it at night with a child or, you know, squeezing in during nap time or whatever, just like getting it done. And it's just how life is right now. So <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I really love that. And I feel like I've already, um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've already started approaching homeschool the same way. This is our first year and my, it's just my oldest that we're working with. And I'm already like, all right, well, <laughs> we don't really have a schedule. I don't really have exactly an excuse of a, a newborn baby, but <laughs> it's like, yeah. we'll, it, we'll let, we'll go with the flow. We'll do it here. We'll do it there. And yeah, yeah it, it seems like that's easier for me to just let it be instead of forcing myself into a container that doesn't seem to work for me anyway. So yeah. very cool to hear. Yeah. And really, and nothing in life ever really works as, as planned as you had think it, you know, thought it was going to be. So it's like, why would homeschooling be any different? <laughs> that is the truth. That is so true. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> so as we get started today, you have had, you've got seven kids. So I would love for us to just really start at the beginning and you can kind of bring us up to speed on what your first pregnancy was like and uh, just kind of tell us how those first births went. Okay, sure. So um, I used to be very just medically minded. I would never have even considered having a natural birth, let alone a home birth. And I had actually said, I, I had told a friend once, I'm like, I'm probably the crunchiest person, you know, and I will never do a home birth. <laughs> Um, and so back with my, my first, who will be 17, um, in a couple months, um, I was like, you know, basically as soon as my water broke right off, right off the bat with him. And so I immediately showered and like went and straight to the hospital. I was like, I'm not messing around. Basically got in and was like, I need my epidural. <laughs> like, I didn't want to experience anything scary or hard. I was just like a totally different person back then and had a very different mindset. So with my second, um, a girl, I thought, okay, I'm going to try and see if I can do this naturally, but I had not prepared myself mentally or anything for it. And so, um, I again, went to the hospital right away. Like as soon as my contractions started and, you know, looking back, it was like, I went too soon, you know, with those and, um, I didn't allow my body to progress naturally and to do it the way it was designed to do it. And so, you know, I get to the hospital and of course, you know, things aren't going as fast as they would like. So once again, I get Pitocin. And then when those types of contractions kick in, it's like, for me, game over. <laughs> like, give me the epidural. I can't do this, you know. So then my third, they said, um, we want you to be induced because he's, you know, quote unquote, too big, um, which you know, being induced was very difficult for me. Um, my body was not ready. It was only two days before his due date, but the fact of the matter is he wasn't ready and neither was I. And so it was very, very hard. And I never wanted to go through that again. And so then my fourth, uh, went into labor on my own, but again, things weren't going as fast as they had wanted. And so again, I signed up for Pitocin and then therefore an epidural. My fifth, I decided um, I do not want it to be like that. And so I actually had a friend who was a massage therapist and she came over and helped me during labor. And I really felt like that helped me mentally just to relax and 
I listened to music and I only wanted to be at the hospital for four hours before he was born because every time I had tested positive for group B strep. And so they always gave me the antibiotics and I wanted the least amount of antibiotics possible. So I prayed I'd only be there for four hours and he, I was there exactly (laughs) four hours before he was born and I was able to do it naturally. Um, It was amazing. And I really had a fantastic OB for that. It was someone I had not seen during the pregnancy, but she was on call and she was so encouraging and I I hate to say surprisingly encouraging about doing it naturally, but she really just like looked me in the eye and she was like, you can do this. Your body was designed to do this. You can do it. And I was like, okay, you know, and it was like so painful, but I did it. And he was born, he was 10 pounds, one ounce. (laughs) That's probably why I hurt so bad. For the 10 pound, one ounce baby to do it totally naturally. I know that person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, so that was amazing and I loved it. And I had been praying for a supernatural birth. And so it wasn't as supernatural as I'd hoped, you know, I had hoped for pain-free, but it was still incredible. So then my sixth came along and at the end of the pregnancy, he was breech and then he was transverse for several weeks. And so that was very difficult. And at that point, the doctor started talking about, we can do an inversion. Well, I knew I didn't want to do that. And then kind of like, if he doesn't flip, you know, you're looking at a C-section. So I think my stress level was starting to go up at the end of that pregnancy. And so, like I said, I'm very different now than I was before. I'm way more naturally minded. I'm going to avoid the doctor at all costs, except I thought I needed, you know, I was doing the OB route. So with that baby, I was just praying. I was like, Lord, if there's any way I can flip this baby, because I had already done chiropractor, like the ironing board upside down, you know, inversion, spinning babies. I had done all of it. And I was like, if there is something else that I can do, please show me. And so I, you know, looked on Google for probably the hundredth time and the mile circuit popped up and I'm like, what is that? And so you know, it's like a three part process, you know, it takes a half hour for each part. And I actually had an appointment that day. So I had almost exactly an hour and a half before I needed to leave. So I did it. I told the kids, do not bother me unless there's an emergency. I, you know, got it all done. And I, in the very first phase of that, I was like, wow, he's really moving. And I was just praying like, please let it be the right direction. Cause I don't know, you know, So I get to my appointment and he had flipped and I was like, thank you Lord so much. But I think because he had been transverse, like I wasn't getting that pressure on my cervix. And so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't dilating or anything and which is typical for me. Um, So with this baby, I was, I declined all cervical checks. I'm like, they mean nothing to me. (laughs) They don't mean anything. And so, but with that baby, the sixth one, um, you know, I'm getting towards the end of the pregnancy and nothing's happening, like no Braxton Hicks, nothing. So I was about 12 days overdue and I was at my appointment and my doctor was like, you can't, we have to induce you. And I was like, please, could you just give me a little bit more time? You know, so I think this was on a Wednesday. And so he wanted to induce me that Friday and I was, I really wanted to make it the full two weeks overdue, but I kind of got the whole scare, you know, like greater risk of you dying, greater risk of the baby dying. And it's like, okay, well, 
I don't want either of us to die. And I didn't know any other option at that point. And so, you know, they don't do inductions over the weekend. And then that Monday was a holiday. And of course they don't do an induction then. So I had to be induced on that Friday and it was a really difficult labor. Um, you know, I, had to have the Pitocin, of course, again, I ended up having like my heart rate dropping, I needed oxygen, it was just like, not pleasant at all. But you know, he was born safely. And, but I, I had a lot of, I think, some grief in my heart, because I didn't feel like I was in control. It didn't go the way that I wanted. I felt pressured into doing an induction, even though I didn't want to. And so when the seventh we found out about the seventh baby so little backstory we at that point had five boys and one girl so we had been praying for years for a baby girl and you know all the boys wanted a girl my daughter of course you know so at this point she was um about 13. <clears throat> and so you know we entered this pregnancy and my friend had done some home births so she had told me about a birth center nearby that she had used. So at the very beginning of the pregnancy, I contacted the birth center online and you have to like watch their Q and A and all this before you can become a patient. So I watched it, but I was like, I don't know. I just still don't know. And um, so I ended up deciding to go the route of my OB again because it felt comfortable that's what I was familiar with. And I was just going to do things as naturally as I possibly could. So, you know, um, we find out first of all, that it's a girl. And so we were just like ecstatic about, you know, having a girl in the house after all these boys and, you know, my daughter is just thrilled. So then fast forward and at about 31 weeks along, I asked my OB, I said, you know, because of course there's still COVID protocol going out at the hospital and I did not get the vaccine and I did not want to get tested either. I refused to get tested. So I said, what is going to happen? Like if I go into labor, are they going to force me to get tested? Like, you know, what's going to happen? He, he didn't even know. Apparently I was the very first patient to even ask him any of these questions. So... I started getting a little nervous and he, you know, found out the answer for me. And I actually ended up just calling labor and delivery myself and saying, what happens, you know? So, cause I had heard some pretty scary things and I, so I was feeling nervous already about walking into a situation like that. And she said, well, if you don't get tested, we're just going to treat you as if you're positive. So you'll get your food in cardboard boxes. You and your husband will not be allowed to leave the room. Obviously my children would not be able to come visit us at the hospital and we will be fully garbed up anytime we enter the room. And I thought, you know, that just feels stressful for me. Like, I think when you walk into a hospital, like we, even if you're trying to not be stressed, like you are, because a hospital is for when you are helpless and you can't help yourself. So there's already a little bit of that mental mind game going on. And then knowing that I'd have people fully garbed in the COVID protocol and stuff, I was like, I just don't think I can do this. And so I reached out to that birth center that I had originally watched their thing with and contacted them. So this was, like I said, about 31 weeks. And they said, sure, we'll take you. So <clears throat> it was about a 40 minute drive away. And I got there and I just, 
I felt okay, but I didn't feel super peaceful about being there for some reason. But, you know, talked with the midwives and I said, I just had questions. I was like, if I do a home birth, is that any different than birthing at the birth center? And they said, no, not really. It's basically the same. And I'm like, okay. So they said, but if you want to do this, you know, you need to make a decision by your next appointment, which would have been either like a week or two from there. So I said, okay. And I left that appointment and on my way home, I was just praying and I felt such a strong impression that I was going to do a home birth. I actually started to cry and I'm not normally a crier. And I was like, I said out loud, I'm going to do a home birth. And so I get home and I talk to my husband about it and he's like, okay. <laughs> he's like, you've come a long ways. You used to be like hospital only girl. You said you would never do a home birth. And now you're telling me you want to do a home birth. I'm like, I do. <clears throat> so I contacted the birth center that night and said, I want to do a home birth. You know, please let me know what I need to order for my birth kit and everything. And they said, okay, well, we will run it. Um, by the midwife and we'll let you know. So I was like, okay, great. Well, then I got COVID <laughs> and it was horrible during pregnancy. <clears throat> so sorry. It was rough. It was rough. So because I got COVID, I couldn't um, do my following appointment, which was like I said, the next week or I think it was at the weekly at Mark, you know, for appointments. So this I is around 32 or 33 yeah. weeks. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I called the birth center. I said, I'm not feeling well. Can we, can I still talk with the midwife? Because I need to know what do I need to do to prepare to get ready? So, and a little backstory too, I feel like God had been preparing my heart for home birth, partly through your podcast, because I had found that at the end of the pregnancy and I had listened to a couple of those. And I felt like on Instagram, all of a sudden, like all these home birth people were like suddenly showing up in my feed. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. I wish I could do a home birth, but you know, I'll be 42 and I've never done this before. I'm probably just going to stick with, you know, the hospital. So, um, I, like I said, I called them and I said, I need to know, like, what do I need to order? And, they're, they said, well, we'll get back to you. You know, you'll have your appointment. Someone will call you. And so I waited. No one called me at that appointment time. And so I'm like trying to be patient. I call back. They said, well, we'll get to you. Okay. So then a couple of days go by. I'm like, hey, just wondering, can I have that appointment? Yeah, we'll get to you. I'm like, oh, this is starting to feel very frustrating to me because I don't know what I'm doing and I want to get my stuff ordered. You know, I'm getting to the end of the pregnancy. So it ends up being a couple of weeks that go by, if you can believe it, before I am able to get an answer. So I finally call again and I said, I want to talk to the main midwife, please. Like, I really need to get an answer about this. So she, I talked to her and she's like, you can't do a home birth. And I'm like, well, why not? And she said, well, we're just too busy. You can't, we can't take you on. And I said, but the other midwife said I could do a home birth. And she even said, you know, we need to collect the home birth supplies from this other woman that had had one. And, you know, we'll, we will get these to you. And they had told me um, for your next appointment, we will come to your house for like a dry run of how to get there and everything. And so I said, but they, they said I could do it. And she's like, well, the other midwife wants to be more accommodating, but the fact of the matter is we just can't do it. Well, you have to understand when I had made that decision and I felt like that's what I was supposed to do, 
my heart was totally set on having a home birth. Like I wanted my kids present here for it. I wanted them to be able to see the baby immediately. I had already like gotten my room set up. Like I wanted a home birth. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, what am I supposed to do? And, you know, so by this point I was um, about 37 weeks. And she said, well, you can look online and find some midwives in your area, but I doubt they're going to take you because you're so far along. I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to see what I can do. So go to my husband again. And I said, okay, they said I can't do a home birth. I really, really want one. Can I try to find somebody in the area? And he, he's like, you know, I guess so. I'm like, all right, I'm on it. So I contacted four different people that I knew that either had a home birth or they knew someone that had a home birth. And I was praying that three out of those four people would all recommend the same person because I didn't have time to interview this person. So I just needed to go based on, is she good or not? You know? So sure enough, three out of the four all recommend the same midwife. And I was like, okay, great. So I got her number and I texted her and she said, I'm sorry, I can't take you because I'm too busy and I already have too many births this month. You know, like I said, by this point, I was two and a half weeks from my due date. So I felt peace in my heart and I really had surrendered it to the Lord. And prior to this, I had prayed that I just wanted God to be able to make this like a masterpiece that he had painted and that he was the artist and he could paint the story however he wanted. But I also knew I wanted that home birth and I was surprisingly calm, which is not normally my personality. Like I'm going to get stressed if things are not, you know, all set and ready to go, but I was surprisingly calm. And so I texted the midwife and I said, you know, if it makes any difference last time I was almost two weeks overdue. So that would push me into October. And by the way, this person highly recommends you. So then she said, okay, well, what number baby is this? I said, seven. So she said, okay, can you meet me at my home on Sunday? I think this was like on a Wednesday or something. And I said, well, I have an appointment with the birth center on Thursday. So I have to make a decision before I go back to there. And so she said, okay, I'll take you. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. You know, so um, I called the birth center, canceled. Thankfully, was able to get a full refund, which was amazing. <laughs> to have that happen. And actually having a home birth was cheaper than the birth center. So it saved us some money. So <clears throat> the midwife came, I think on that Sunday and, and came to the home, which was amazing. Like, wow, she comes to the house. And I was so impressed because, you know, she had, you know, here, go give a urine sample. And then they like test and they can see like, what's your bacteria? How is your gut? Your gut health here? You know, are you hydrated? Like all these things. I'm like, no one has ever checked any of this stuff before. And also then she talked about group B, which was really a big deal to me. Like I was scared to not have antibiotics and I hadn't been tested by that, you know, by that point. And she goes, well, yeah, but you know, here are some things to consider. Um, here's how we do things differently than the standard of care you're going to find in the medical world and look at your gut health. I'm like, okay. So I really just trusted her with that. And, um, so anyways, like I said, I had only seen her for two and a half weeks and before the baby was born and she ended up coming on her due date, <laughs> which was like amazing. She's my third baby to come naturally on her due date. So anyway, so that, I don't know, you can ask what you 
that gets us up to that point. <laughs> that is so funny though, that you, you're like, Hey, listen, like, it'll be fine. My last one came super late. It'll be yep. great. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Just kidding. I just wanted you to come and be my midwife. <laughs> Oh, that is so, that's so interesting. But wow. I mean, already what a masterpiece this is. How I'm sure that, I mean, it sounds like, gosh, this is kind of overwhelming. This is um, a little maybe more stressful than one would desire, but how cool that it did all work out. And I love the specificity of the things that you prayed for and asked for and how that was just fulfilled for you. You know, the wow, I really want to have, I just want to be in the hospital for four hours, you know, and I, three out of these four moms, let them say the same thing. And that's what you get. That is, that's really encouraging to hear. What a, what a cool story. So, okay. So you are at your due date. What happens next? Okay. So the day of my due date, I was feeling uncomfortable and I just kept thinking in the back of my mind, I cannot go another two weeks. If this baby's going to be overdue, like the last one, you know, I can't do it. I just felt done. And I had had just a couple contractions like over that week, but nothing to write home about for sure. And so um, my husband said that day, why don't you just rest? I'm like, no, I have laundry to do. <laughs> like, I can't stop. When you have six kids, you don't stop. Otherwise, it just like the work piles up, you know, massively. So I just kept, you know, going and I went to pick up my son from work. And on the way home, I was like, oh, that was a real contraction. Interesting. So we get home, we eat dinner and in dinner, I have like another contraction. I'm like, well, maybe it's, you know, maybe I'm getting close. Like this could come any day now or something, but I'm still not thinking anything is eminent. So around 7.30, I just feel like I need to get out of the house. Like I need some fresh air and I want to go for a walk and I don't want to be distracted by any of the other kids. So we did take the two-year-old with us. So the kids could just do whatever at home. And we went for a short walk and spent time talking to the neighbors, you know, and then go for the walk. And I actually had a contraction where I was like bent over and I'm thinking, I wonder if this is going to be it. Like maybe I should start timing these, you know, with the app on my phone. So I do. And we head home and mind you, I, I still had in the back of my mind, like, can I do this without Pitocin? Like, can my body progress on its own? And, you know, am I going to be able to do this? So the evening continues on, nothing major, like things are still kind of spaced apart. Around 9.30, I called my parents over. They live next door to us, actually. And I said, can you just come over and pray with me? I don't know if this is it. I don't know. So they prayed. And then my dad was like, you should go outside. It's such a gorgeous night. The sky is so clear. There's all the, you know, you can see all the stars. And I'm very much nature person. So um, ironically, the song that I had been listening to um, through at the end of that pregnancy was called Song of My Father. And it talks about how, you know, the stars are in the sky and how God sees us and stuff. So it was just kind of like one of those things like this is special. And I go out and it was a gorgeous night, but I have another contraction. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I, I need to get back in the house. And so we put the kids to bed and I still don't know if this is going to be it or not because all of my uh, 
you know, prior labors had been 12 to 14 hours long and that was with Pitocin. So my two-year-old at that time had been sleeping um, basically in our room. And I said to my husband, I think maybe we should just move him out tonight just in case. So we get him all set up in a different bedroom. And I did contact the midwife and I said, you know, contractions are about nine to 10 minutes apart, but I have no idea if she's coming tonight or not. I don't know. So she said, all right, well, why don't you drink some hot tea and take a hot shower and see if that helps slow contractions down or not. So I said, all right, so drink my tea, take my shower. And yes, sure enough, slows the contractions down. And so she said, try to get some rest. I said, okay. So then I, this is about probably 10 o'clock, 10, 10 30 at night. And the contractions pick up again. So I'm thinking, okay, I think this is it. I think this is it. So I'm laboring and I had never done this at home before. So I really didn't know at what point to call the midwife. I didn't want to be embarrassed and have her come too early (laughs) and be like, oh, sorry, you had to spend the whole entire night with us and nothing happened. Um, I just honestly didn't know, even though this was my seventh because I had done the hospital route before, I didn't have any of that background knowledge of how to really know what to expect for a home birth and to do it 100% natural. So I had been praying for a pain-free birth um, for a long time. And I will say the contractions were uncomfortable, but I wasn't in pain. It wasn't like out of my mind, I can't do this, but I was uncomfortable. And so I decided, I think at that point I I was like, Hey, to my husband, maybe you should set up the birth pool. He's like, are you sure? Like, maybe it's too early. I'm like, fine, whatever. (laughs) What do I know? You know? So we, we don't set it up. And I, I think around when the contractions were around five minutes apart or something, I had texted the midwife and she's like, well, do you have any discharge? I said, no, nothing. Like I hadn't lost my mucus plug. I had no bloody show literally nothing. So she's like, okay, just, you know, keep, keep me posted. So at one point I started thinking, maybe if I go get in the shower, that will just help my body relax because I had listened to one of your podcasts from another mom who, um, it was her first home birth. And she talked about how just being in the shower helped. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try that worked for her. I'm going to do it. So get in the shower and I felt a lot better, but things were escalating. And I, I was moaning and I felt like just hanging onto the wall of the shower because I don't know, like I said, it wasn't painful, but it was intense. And I'm just like, so I get, I think before I got in the shower, I said to my husband, I don't know if I can do this because I thought that first of all, it was going to get way worse. And I thought I was going to have to do this all night long. And I love my sleep. I really did not want to have to like be up all night long. So Little did I know, I only had like 20 more minutes. Yeah. When the, I don't know if I can do this arrives. It's usually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like things are coming soon. So I get out of the shower and I can't bend over. I was like, I can't even bend over. So just like towel dry me off real quick, please. And I go get in the bed and I said, um, tell the midwife I need her. He goes, well, but she said, wait till you have some different signs. I said, I don't care what she said. Tell her I need her to come. So he's like, okay. So he texts her. I get in the bed and I had just laid the towel down and 
you know, which mind you, I had bought this cute little tank top and I was going to have a water birth and like all this stuff. Yeah. None of that happened. (laughs) So I'm in the bed on my side and I feel the urge to push and I'm like, is this for real? So I don't say a word, you know, it's just my husband and me, but I don't want to say anything because I don't want to look dumb if it's not really time. And so I start to push and my water broke. And at this point he was setting up the birth pool and I said, my water broke, get the midwife here. So he's contacting her, told her the my water broke. She's like, okay, I will get there as soon as I can. And I said, call my mom and get me over here because now I know this baby is coming and we're by ourselves with six kids, you know, <laughs> in the house. And so he super calmly calls my dad. All right. Could you send mom over? Like, doesn't say anything. And so she's like, you know, she gets over here five or 10 minutes later. And as she walks in the door, I wasn't yelling, but she, I was pushing at this point, which is, you know, of course, you know, you have to put some effort into it. So she's like, Whoa, I better get up there. So she comes up. She's as she's getting there, the baby's coming out. And so basically what happened was I pushed one time, my water broke. And I told my husband, get over here and help me get this baby out. I pushed. And then my daughter, I really wanted my daughter to be present because this is the sister she had prayed for for years, you know? So she, um, comes in the room. She did leave at one point because it was like a little bit too much. I mean, I'm sure first time seeing that, but then, but she got to see her being born. And so the second push by that point, my husband is by my side and he's helping, you know, you know, helping her to come out. And I, again, I'm thinking of what happened in the hospital. So when you're in the hospital, you know, your feet are in the stirrups, they're like telling you when to push, when not to push. And then like, Oh, hold on. And then they were like rotating the baby. So I'm thinking, you know, you better get over here and help me. I don't know how to do this. I can't see what's going on, you know, but in reality, my body did everything. And I know you had talked recently about the fetal ejection reflex. I think that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. It was like, that's exactly what happened. I I had to push her out, but it was effortless in a sense, especially compared to my previous births. And I had no pain pushing her out. It was amazing. And I know for a fact I didn't have pain. It's not like I just forgot about it because with my other natural birth, I remember having to fight so hard against that pain. Like, I know I have to push because if I don't push, the pain will just continue and I will not get this over with, but I don't want to push because it hurts so bad. So, but this time I just, she just came out. I just pushed her out and I had no pain pushing her out. And for the first time in seven babies, I did not tear, which was like, hallelujah, you know, so thankful. So the second push I didn't know this, um, and I'm glad I didn't know at the time, but she had the cord wrapped around her neck. And um, then the third push, you know, she came out. So on the second push, my husband just calmly took the cord off of her neck. And, you know, he's like, okay, you know, whenever you're ready or whatever. And then I pushed her out, and it was amazing. It was the best experience of my life. Oh my word. That's, I mean, that's really cool that your husband was just also that calm about, because I mean, I feel like a lot of times people get really nervous about that cord being around the neck, even Mm -hmm. though, you know, it's very common, but Mm -hmm. I could see that being when you're alone and you feel like, okay, I'm the one (laughs) that could be kind of worrisome, but he just like very quietly did it. That's so cool. I love hearing 
whoa, what a change, Becky. (laughs) Yeah, night and day difference. (laughs) I mean, the absolute opposite. You couldn't go more opposite. (laughs) That's true. That is true. Yeah, I didn't even know what a free birth was until you had talked about it. And one of your posts, I'm like, a free birth? What's that? And so I read, I'm like, oh, I had a free birth. Oh my goodness, you know? And then I think it was you that had posted about the cord around the neck, maybe. Um, And it just made me feel so much better because you could think to yourself, well, what could have happened? We didn't know what we were doing. But in reality, yes, she had a very long cord. And that is God's design, apparently, that it wraps there so that that cord doesn't get compressed as the baby is coming out. And it was just... I think the most worshipful experience, because a little bit prior to her being born, you know, probably 10 or 15 minutes to be born, I was just listening to my worship music and I was listening, like anytime I listen to those songs now, I'm just going to start crying because I literally just had my hand raised in worship to God. Like, I need you. I cannot do this without you. And he, like going back to that canvas picture painted the most beautiful picture. I never could have ever imagined any of it going the way it did. And I'm like, thank you, God. Not only did you give us a girl and we had a home birth and it was just my husband and me. It was so sacred and so amazing. So. And that is, that is truly what I wish for all mothers, that sacredness of birth to just to return it to birth, because that Mm -hmm. is that is the way it was designed to be. You know, mm-hmm. it was designed to be worshipful, like you said. That's oh, such a beautiful way to put it. And it's exactly what I pray for all of the moms that listen to this podcast to experience that, whether they experience it in that exact way or not, you know, at home, in the hospital, at a birth center. Mm-hmm. But just having that understanding that, yes, this is sacred work. This is the most sacred work. This is being able to co-create life. Ah, gosh, what a blessing that is. Um, And to hear that you, like I said earlier, and then experiencing it again with this massive one, you prayed for such specific things, Becky. (laughs) And so cool to hear those, those prayers being answered, you know, not having any pain after all of these previous births where you did experience that, you know, that it's kind of shocking to think, oh, wow, she didn't have any pain. And she didn't have any, you know, designated support that had undergone certification or, you know, it was was you, your husband and your mom, your daughter there. And there you are giving birth without any pain. Are you allowed to do that, Becky? I didn't know that was. (laughs) Yes, you totally can. (laughs) You totally can. And then the cool thing was, so the midwife ended up showing up about 20 minutes after she was born because we just didn't know it was going to go that fast. And I had no signs that, you know, it's progressing up. And I I guess I just thought it's going to get a whole lot worse than this. And so I still have time. I haven't, I have to labor all through the night because my other labors have been so long, which this one was really only about, I think four hours from like, I'm for sure in labor, maybe even three hours, you know, till the time she was born. And I had prepared my heart so much. I, I just prayed and prayed so much about having it be pain-free. And I had listened to one of your podcasts too, that there was another mom that she had had a pain-free birth. And it was like, for me, it was a light bulb moment that it can be done. It can be done. It's not just all in my head. You know, this is, this is possible. And so it was awesome. And I did buy my husband a stork pin (laughs) because I was like, yeah, you can get your stork pin now. (laughs) 
That is so cute. He, he earned his wings. Yes, <laughs> he did. He did. So, but I will say, oh, what I was going to say is that the midwife, you know, she showed up afterwards and later in talking with her, she said, this is how it's meant to be. It's meant to just be you and your husband. And she goes, I, she had actually planned that, you know, planned that for herself when she was having children. And so I loved that she wasn't like begrudging me of, you know, well, why didn't you tell me earlier? You know, she was fully in support of what happened and I wouldn't have changed a thing about it. So that is amazing. Yes. And that's, I mean, truly that is, that's the beauty of midwives. And, and I think unfortunately sometimes just the way with the way that our society is set up, it has become, you know, some midwives are are far more medical or are far more hands-on and some moms love that. And that's great. Um, But that design of having that wise experienced woman for when something is needed, but not that she's interfering in what is natural and going well. Um, So that's, that's really cool that you were able to have that experience and that you clearly made a great choice with your midwife, having someone who sees the beauty in that and recognizes that, yeah, that you don't need me (laughs) in that. Yep. I know. I found out after the fact, she's actually pretty famous in the home birth community because I wasn't a part of the home birth community. Remember, I was never going to do this, but then afterwards I would be talking to somebody. Oh yeah, I know her. Oh yeah. Oh, I know her. And I'm like, wow, (laughs) she's like famous in this community, you know? So she really was fantastic. And I will say the afterbirth care, I mean, was fantastic. Um, you know, like they cleaned up everything. They did the laundry for me from the towels that had been used and it was awesome. They were just so helpful. And then I was very impressed by the aftercare from a midwife perspective because, because before, you know, you're in the hospital, you get checked there and then you come back six, six weeks later. Well, here she came and saw me once a week for six weeks, you know, did the baby's hearing test here. I'm like, this is legit. Like they really, (laughs) they really know what they're doing. And so, you know, would always weigh the baby. How are you feeling? And I have to say, because I'm not medically minded anymore, I loved the fact that I didn't even have to get checked at my six week, you know, I mean, like there was just, everything was so different. And I, you know, guys, timing is perfect and everything, but I, I have to say, I wish I had done this many babies ago, but at least I got to do it once. (laughs) Gosh. Yes. And what a, what a beautiful experience it was, you know, to, to have gotten that home birth, you not only did you get a home birth, but you got a home birth, like (laughs) really beautiful one. Oh, that's so beautiful. Becky, I'm so happy for you. And I'm so happy for my listeners (laughs) to hear this story. And Gosh, it's true that, you know, not every birth is pain-free. It, it isn't, but mm-hmm. it's so important for mothers to realize that, hey, it can be, it can be this way. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's just such a great reminder of the, the beauty that can await you in labor and to keep that open mindset and to ask for what you want, to pray for <laughs> what you want. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's right. Yeah. Um, yes, Becky, thank you so much for taking the time to share your stories with us. Thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. You're welcome. It was so much fun. And it was truly an honor to be here. Wasn't that amazing? I am always so thrilled to get to share such powerful stories like Becky's. And pain-free? Get out of here. That's amazing. 
As we head into this week's episode roundup, let's take a moment to discuss a couple of aspects here. Number one, let's start with talking about the transformation that Becky has made as a mother over her seven births. From walking into the hospital ready for her epidural with her first, to having a home birth without her midwife with her last. What a journey. I want to remind you that just because you've chosen to give birth in other ways in the past, that does not mean that you can't try something new. Becky learned and grew with each experience, and they all finally culminated in a birth so inspiring and so powerful. Next, boy, Pitocin makes a difference, doesn't it? All of the moms who have labored with and without it are most certainly nodding their heads in agreement. I mean, look at this. Becky was so used to the intensity of Pitocin contractions that she didn't even recognize the fact that she was in deep labor. Our bodies have a hormonal cocktail that just works. It works with us and for us, and it's not too much because it is us. When medications get involved, we don't always have that same experience because now we've got outside interference. This was a great reminder to me that, gosh, you just can't outdo nature. And finally, I have to touch on Becky's willingness to pray and to pray specifically. Each time she did, she was given support, comfort, and peace. I know that I was deeply comforted by her story, and I hope that you were too. All right, my friends, that is all that I've got for you today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast. 